On this episode of the Avershawn Podcast, we give a quick recap of the fun weekend the PLL had in Dallas, and we look forward to the weekend coming up in Baltimore. Let's go. to the latest episode of the Average Sean podcast with me as always Chris is here Chris we had ourselves a phenomenal weekend in Dallas with the PLL I know that you were a little bit busy doing other things I know a lot of times you play catch up with watching these games so you don't watch them the same time I do how much did you catch up on and did you watch Archer's Water Dogs that's really all that matters I was busy with other things, but I'd say for Archer's Water Dogs, I saw, we'll say like 65% of the first half. And then uh, second half, I'm trying to think, I saw some of the fourth quarter. I saw maybe like the last like six minutes of the fourth quarter. What a game. It was, <laughs> it, it was everything that the PLL could have dreamed for. It was your standalone game on the big market TV on ABC. There were goals abound, but more importantly, there were just highlight after highlight real goals. And, you know, at one point you messaged me that there wasn't much defense being played. But if you watched like the game and, you know, you're sitting there like watching everything like, yeah, they're scoring, but you're watching and going. They're also scoring against really good defense. So, like, there were plenty of, like, cause turnovers and possessions because, like, the offense, uh, you know, just wasn't uh, crisp enough and the defense was, you know, getting in the way of things. But at the same time, they just score so fast and they scored so many. I mean, the game had three two-pointers in the first half. They were a half a goal away from covering the over in the first half. That like that must have just been an absolute wet dream for the league. It was so much fun to watch. And I'm pretty sure that the two separate two pointers were only were within the I don't know two minutes of each other, give or take. Yeah, because I, I think uh, Schreiber, uh, I think he had back to back. No, no, he had one two pointer, and then there was somebody else for them who had another. Yeah, um, it was a two pointer, a single goal, and then another two pointer. I want to say their other two-pointer was Trey LeClaire. Uh, it was Trey LeClaire. Look at me pulling that one out. Um, but yeah, no, so excellent weekend for them in Dallas. But more important than anything, the PLL is in, well, you live in New Jersey, but you're coming down, our hometown of Baltimore this weekend. So this is going to be a great, great weekend to go catch some games in person if you're in the area. Uh, Chris and I will be there during the Saturday slate of games. Uh, we are going to start with Archers and Atlas. So, uh, Chris, given what you saw from the last weekend, uh, we have a face of a, a battle of the two best guys in terms of faceoff percentage. Faceoffs don't seem to matter as much this season. So, what uh, what are your thoughts going into Saturday? Well. For once, and you texted me about this uh, probably as soon as the lines were set, because I feel like you are just like a hawk with these things. This game's set at 25 and a half. 
And I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's easy to get sucked in to say, oh, that the over should hit because at uh, sorry, archers, too many A's going on here. Archers just should totally demolish them. But you, uh, with that being said, I feel like there's actually way more situation where I believe that the under is going to hit and the under, under is the plus money. I'm not FanDuel. Under is, my uh, uh, the, the under is minus 128 on FanDuel right now. The over is plus 104. All right. Well, never mind that. I was going to – even with that, <laughs> I, I mean, okay. So, yes, face off to get Sisselberger and Baptiste. You kind of get the new kid on the block, right, with Sisselberger who is like – I mean, I don't want to say actually won, but he has actually won like basically every matchup this year so far that has actually mattered i know that's kind of a skewed stat at this point i was gonna say it, it doesn't help when he's gone against a couple teams that don't dress face off people but hey you know stupid shot clock <laughs> rules well i don't think there's much to look at in this game besides the fact that atlas defense is awful <laughs> yeah i think even swiss <laughs> cheese would say that that it doesn't have that many holes and so part of me is like ah, uh, well the over should hit but then part of me is like ah, 25 is pretty high and you also don't know what type of defensive showing Archers is going to have, mainly because, sure, they won the game last week and it was just, you know, absolute, like, basically blitzkrieg offensively from uh, Water Dogs. But, like, at the end of the day, they still give up 18 goals or 18. Yeah, 18 goals. Points. Points. Um, points. Yeah. Because Water, Water Dogs did have a two-pointer in there. And you have to wonder, you know, internally they have to be – looking to lock up their, you know, defensive end a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this highly contested face-off matchup in person. I'm, I've never been to a PLL weekend. I've never been to – I think I've only been to one college lacrosse game. I've been to a ton of high school lacrosse games, but um, I've never – and I've, I should also preface, I've never been to Homewood. I've driven past it probably – a couple thousand times, but I've never been. So I, I feel like I'm just like ready to walk into the palace of, of lacrosse. It's a, it's a great time for the first time. Exactly. So it just makes sense. Um, I'm expecting archers to win and win big. Um, and with that, our point total wise, it's like, I'm so tempted to take basically everything. Schreiber over three and a half feels good <laughs> okay and i i have a partial retraction that i need to make i am still not fully sold on the connor fields experience especially given the fact that he leads the league with where is it where is it good podcasting good podcasting he had a uh, sick backhand goal the other day so it, yes he did um he leads the league with 54 shots however he only has 14 one-point goals, uh, and Connor doesn't shoot twos, so take that for what it's worth. His shooting percentage is uh, quite low. Granted, the archers do also tend to shoot more than most teams because right behind uh, Fields with the second-most shots in the league is Mac O'Keefe, so, and he also only has 14 one-pointers. Uh, Mac also does not shoot a ton of two pointers. He shoots more than Connor does, but he doesn't shoot a ton of them. So neither of them are they're they're high volume, low percentage. But when they score, ooh, does it look pretty? Yeah, I mean, 
He's all flash. All flash. I will Not say as much though, as some... I was going to say, I will say in terms of like general play style this season, he does seem to be more efficient with what he does. And I'm not fully back on board with fields because I, I loved him in college and I loved him in his first year in the PLL. Um, I, I'm not fully back on board with him yet, but I'm, I'm warming back up to him. Fair. Um yeah, man. So the, the point totals for this game, I feel like I'm just like automatically sucked into wanting to take the over for almost all of them, considering the offensive explosion that we just saw against the Water Dogs, considering that Atlas's defense is garbage, considering that Archers just won the game of the year, arguably, and that they're sitting in the you know in the rooftop, basically. Um, I do wonder, and given that you're an Archers fan, are you at all worried about a letdown? Um, yes. But also, no, um, mostly because Atlas's defense is that bad. Uh, so I feel like even if you have like a little bit of a letdown, th- there are times where uh, archers decide to get a little too cute on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that they'll have uh, a few moments like that on Saturday. But it, it doesn't matter. Like they, they're five and one and they could have had multiple letdowns at this point. But. Yeah, they, every time that they've been punched in the mouth, because Water Dogs took an early lead in that, and it it felt it felt like Water Dogs were in the lead. It it did not feel like it was a neck and neck battle. It felt like Archers were really going to have to like claw their way back. And overall, it's just like a phenomenal win for them. Um, I think a week in between the travel, uh, everybody goes through the same thing. Uh, you know, it's. I don't think they'll put up 19. Let's put it that way. But if that's a letdown, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, how many teams have scored 19 this year? Nah, Probably just them. Yeah, I was going to say, not many, if anybody. Granted, the whole giving up 18 as well is the, there's you know there's two sides of that story. Um, and the reason I ask about a possible letdown is because Atlas is plus money, one of two teams plus money on the week. Um, and... I don't know. I it's nice that we actually get a, ba- a week of like or two weeks and mo- now we're basically untouched until the playoffs where we actually get some momentum and we get to see how these guys do with basically playing every week and and the the travel that's involved because a lot of them still aren't based out of similar localities. So there's yeah. a lot of I mean, it's more travel than say NFL players do on a week to week where they're playing one game and you know, you fly into a city, you do a practice and a walkthrough and play your game and go home. A lot of these guys have to fly to the city to do their practices leading into the, the game, play the game, and then fly back to wherever home is or maybe bus home and then end up doing the same thing the next week. So, and with that, it's during the hottest month of the year. So it'll I, be fun. I see it has been the hottest month, but the weather around Maryland recently has actually been surprisingly nice the last few days. So hopefully that continues into the weekend. Um, just to clarify, this is actually water dogs, uh, second 19 to 18 game. They were on the right end of a 19, 18 game against Atlas, uh, week three in Columbus and, uh, cannons a week later also put up 19 against Atlas. So what does that say for this weekend? Well, if two teams have already put up 19 against Atlas, I I think Archers will be pretty solid. 
Uh, so I'll be taking the over in that game. I will definitely be taking uh, Archer's money line and on the spread. Uh, I think that one will, I'm not going to say it's going to be a snoozer, but I'd say it'd be, you know, pretty comfortable for Archer's. Uh, so let's move to game two between uh, Whip Snakes uh, and Chrome, who the fact that they're plus one, 128 on the money line and not a bigger underdog is quite frankly stunning, even though Whip Snakes, you know, just kind of got off the schneid last week. But this game, jeez, uh, what, what do we even do with this? Um, it. it I think just, we're going to the Saturday games, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, did not realize about a month ago when I bought these tickets that uh, going to the Saturday games would be the uh, the lesser of the two slates. But we're still going to see – there's only eight professional lacrosse teams, so we're still going to see really good lacrosse. Uh, Chrome did just uh, send Dylan Malloy to the player pool, so woohoo, the drama continues with that one. Uh, but they are obviously the underdogs. Uh, Whip Snakes are the heavy favorites. Uh, only one and a half on the spreads because it is still the PLL is still only an 18 league. However, this is the lowest total that we've seen this season. And that is set at 22 and a half. Uh, the over is minus 130. The under is plus 106. I mean, part of me really just wants to be a true sicko and take the under. But I can't help but feel that Whip Snakes may have figured something out last week uh, against a solid chaos squad. And I think that they will do a prolific amount of scoring on a Chrome team that at this point is just tanking for Brennan O'Neill. Ooh, tanking. I, I don't think they're actually tanking, but you know, they like they are very, very clearly the the bottom layer of the PLL cake. They are hot steaming stanking garbage yeah i mean so the under i know 22 and a half is low like the lowest we've seen chrome has really struggled to score like really struggled to score and so with that i do wonder i mean if you sprinkle some on that under there's got to be some part of you that's like, eh, they're they're Chrome just looking at some stats real quick, averages nine points a game and gives up eleven. That right there is the under. And the thing is, is that do you expect whip snakes to to pop off? And do we expect to see just playing with averages here, even if Chrome hits over individually of their nine average points a game, it's eleven. <sighs> I guess, you know, we start getting that. And there's clearly a reason why it's set that low. Um, my, my whole take on this is that I feel like Whip Sakes will do enough to carry the load to push it over. But I I would not blame anybody for taking the under. In fact, I might before Saturday, I might still convince myself to take the under. So their last matchup, they played two, not even two months ago, actually two months ago, as of this Friday, August 4th. They played in June. The final was eleven to twelve. So of course, <laughs> Whip Snakes are like, a be- they're a better team now than they were then. I'll say that because they looked a lot better than they did uh, pre- in like previous weeks when they were playing Chaos this past week. Honestly, like Chrome's um, Chrome's biggest problem is they just like they're probably the lowest teams in terms of like 
point scoring, but they're also just really bad at generating good looks. Like they, they do not do a lot to help themselves on the offensive end of the ball. We, we also haven't given any love to Will Manny scoring a buzzer beater last week, right? Trader. I see why you're bitter. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's working out well uh, with the way the archers are playing this year, but I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you could say that, I mean, Chrome, I know you're saying that they're tanking, but. I, that that any... was a pejorative term. I don't think they're actually like actively trying to lose. Well, but the thing is, is that if they, if they, this is a must win for them to make the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Because then at that point they're they're minimum of two games back, and it, that just given the schedule is there's three games left after this season after this week, so four games including this game. Just mathematically, that I don't want to say that eliminates them, but it makes it basically impossible. Um, well, if, for, if things go how we expect them, they'll only still be one game behind Atlas uh, because I think we're both expecting Archers to win. True. Um, but the the score differential it could also get pretty ugly because again chrome really struggles to score what do you think about matt rambo being set at three and a half <sighs> i think that i would really want to know who jt giles harris is most likely to match up against either him or zed williams before i chose which one to take the point total on I feel like he's more likely to match up against Rambo, but the, the, this is the kind of the beauty of being the Whip Snakes when you have Rambo and Williams together. It's a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. Um, so you know, who who do you put your number one cover guy on? I don't know. I I like the over on it, um, but again, life's too short to bet the under anyway. So I'm I'm more likely to lean over on most of these things. And then uh, I also once again I'm tempted was now because. Instead of two and a half, I I wouldn't. That I'm excited to see him in person. I am too. Uh, but the the problem with that for me is is again, they struggle to generate good offensive looks, like quality shot opportunities. They just they seem to struggle for every shot they get. So like even if Wisnowskis does hit his point total. It's not something I would have a shred of confidence in going into the game just because I've seen just how uh, uh, uncohesive, which I don't even think is a word. Uh, incohesive, I think. Yeah, yeah, incohesive as their offense is. It, it's just, it's not pretty to watch right now. So, I, like, if somebody were to take it, again, I could see it, but I would I would lean on the under um and it's just it's so hard to to want to take an under on something that i would probably just choose to not bet it we should probably save that or i say we we uh, i should probably save that this question for the end but is there a baltimore boy that you maybe expect to pop off this weekend marcus holman Uh, there's many but marcus holman has just been a, a points machine lately and, and for my money, the MB, MVP front runner, maybe because I have a future on it, but also he has just been <laughs> it, like, he has probably been like the biggest addition to that cannons offense, especially after losing Lyle Thompson. It's just, he is an absolute points machine. I think he's actually leading the league right now. Uh, again, good podcasting, good podcasting, good podcasting. 
I uh, think I may have accidentally closed out of that tab. Go me. Uh, yeah, I, I did close out of that tab. Oh, no, here we go. Yeah, he's uh, leading the league with 28 points, and his running mate, Asher Nolting, is right behind him with 26. So for my money, uh, we'll get to the Cannons game in a little bit, uh, but Marcus Holman is my front runner for uh, MVP so far. Let's move to the Sunday slate, uh, which has... The good games. <laughs> Uh, one game that we know for sure is going to be good. One that I'm still not totally sold on. That'll be the first game of the day. Uh, unfortunately for the PLL, this is the ABC game. Uh, if they had their way, I'm sure they would flex uh, the other uh, cannons and water dogs into this game. But we've got Redwoods and Chaos. Uh, it's actually dead even in terms of money line. They're both sitting at minus 110. Uh, Chaos are favored by minus one and a half. Redwoods are the uh, plus one and a half underdogs. Over under is set at 23 and a half. This is a, this is a, uh, you, you got to show me something here, game, if you're looking at Redwoods, because they are, they're trending in the wrong direction and they're heading down that path fast. So they, they actually have a minus 13 goal differential despite being three and three. Holy crap i didn't know that um but yeah no so chaos or chaos they they like to do the fuck around and find out sort of thing during the regular season i never know what to make of them uh but redwoods like this is this is a can't lose game for them i don't think it's a must win but it's a can't lose game for them i know that sounds like the same thing but it's not you just kind of got to trust me on that uh i would say that Newman's probably going to cover Pinnell. And then Rowlett's probably going to cover Ryder. Um, I know this isn't a prop that's offered, but I would take the over on Rowlett's penalty minutes because I think Ryder Garnsey is going to drive him absolutely nuts all afternoon. So that that's really the only prop I would want to take in this game. Hmm. I am going to lean on the under 23 and a half in this game. Uh, because I think that right now, Redwoods is also one of the more painful offenses to watch in the league. I don't think they're super great. Uh, and Chaos, again, just kind of like to mess around and experiment with different things. So I kind of never really know what to expect out of them. I took their under last week, and uh, it it cleared very easily. But they are inconsistent, if anything. So that that's kind of where I'm leaning with this one. So I know you're saying that this this game doesn't really intrigue you a ton. I'm going to be honest. I feel like there's a ton of talking points. Whoa, with this. Whoa, 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 hold, hold on. It intrigues me. I don't think it's going to be the highest quality game, but there's a lot of storylines that are going to come out of this one. Yeah, tons of talking points. Um, so I, once again, it, it's the both teams are sitting at 500. Both teams, like you said, have to have to have a show me game. Two two game two teams with very different styles too. Um, Redwoods, man, I just see more and more of the comparison. I made it last week on here of like the late two thousands, early two thousand ten tens. Jeez, it feels weird saying that. Um, Washington Capitals just high octane offense, even though they haven't necessarily been potting a ton. Um, but they, they've got the flash, but can they win games? And we've kind of seen them cool off a bit. Um, Redwood, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I wish that we were seeing this game. Um, 
Rowlett and plus it has been awesome, right? Blaze is kind of just a, a stalwart back there. Like he's number one for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at props, I mean, Pinnell and Garnsey are both set at three and a half. I would kind of stay away from both of them. Um, but there is one Redwoods that I, I, I feel like is just on a platter, especially considering his game last week is Berg is set at one and a half. Well, so here's the thing. The the people at FanDuel would agree with you because that is minus 174. So the value on taking the over there is low. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that would be a very good pick. Um, I mean, he popped off, what do you have, four or five last week? Something like that. It, it was kind of a, a resurgent game for Westberg because he's a very quiet sort of player, but he used to be dominant. The one that probably intrigues me the most is actually the Dane Smith totals because, they, again, chaos keeps flipping back and forth, so you never know exactly what they're going to give you. But he's set at three and a half, and if they run him on the attack line, which they have done before, I would say that three and a half, especially being at plus 114, is is a juicy, juicy look. Uh, but if they're running him out of the box, then I don't know what to do. That's my problem with chaos. It's like I can't even call this like a show-me game. Because you just never know what to expect from them. Because I don't even think they know what to expect. Well, so then with that, knowing the defensive prowess that they have, um, Garnsey sitting at under three and a half at plus 144. I, I would, yeah, I would say that. Because Garnsey seems to have cooled off after a, a red hot start to the season. He's got the he's got the swagger though. There's some there's a certain swagger that 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 they clearly love within the league. Well, again, um, take the over on Rowlett's penalty minutes or whoever's guarding uh, Garnsey because he is going to be chirping in their ears all afternoon. Yeah, I mean, so you said you're taking the under twenty three and a half or over? I'm on the under. Feels it feels hard to take an under for the like the game total and take an over for a player prop, but again, if Dane Smith is on the attack line, I I like it. Problem is, I won't know that until game time, so I won't be able to get that bet in. Oh well. True. Unless you go, you were talking about possibly going, and then you might be able to see some warm ups. No, because I like the the warm ups. It won't matter whether you're an attacking or a midi; they usually run the same warm ups. Mm. Yeah. That shows you how much I know about lacrosse. Um, <laughs> You'll find out more on Saturday. I will find out more on Saturday. I'm looking forward. I I, I hope uh, – I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Um, Let's move man. to the last game. Uh, I didn't make my pick, man. Okay. Well, sorry. Make your pick. It's tough. I want to – my heart says Redwoods. Pulling this out, but I, I, my gut, my heart says Redwoods, but my gut is telling me, okay, no chaos, uh, chaos, Jesus, Chrome, chaos, yes. I confuse the two of them so much. I'm, I'm going to go with chaos because they seem to always bounce back after a loss. So I, I think they'll just bounce back after. This. And again, I think Redwoods are heading down the tank in, in the wrong direction and they're going down there fast. Which is interesting because this time last year, I know the team was constructed a bit differently, but. They started out so cold, and then they hit their stride midseason. And it was funny because maybe like a month ago, and I know that we've had some breaks in between, but you were saying that Redwoods might be the best team in the league, and now it's like they've cooled off completely. They just ran into a wall. It was incredible. It's tough. Um, I'm going to go 
going to go Redwoods, and I'm going to go under 23 and a half. All right. Well, at least we're both on the under. Uh, now let's move to what is uh, not probably, but it is the marquee matchup of the weekend. Uh, once again, involving water dogs. Again, lineups are not out. We do not know if Dylan Ward is back from paternity leave. That could swing things one way or the other. Uh, but FanDuel, as far as I can tell, currently doesn't have any player props up. Uh, water dogs are the favorite at minus 114. Uh, Cannons, minus 106. This is another 25 and a half -er, And uh, Chris, if I was going to make any ill-advised gambling picks like I did a few weeks ago that you won't let go, uh, this would be the one where I said responsibly put the mortgage on it, uh, take the over. I think this game is going to be points galore. Uh, however, this is going to be a super interesting matchup because we were talking about this in the pre-show. Neither team's likely to address a face-off guy, so we're, we might see a battle of, no, no, you take the ball. No, no, I want you to take the ball and have the 32 seconds. No, no, so you can have the 32 seconds. Uh, that that's probably going to be the most interesting thing that comes out of this is just trying to figure out how they play it. Seeing as this is the first matchup of like two good teams that don't dress face off guys. And it's funny because I feel like a few weeks ago, we would not have been saying cannons are a good team, but I know we've been texting on, well, I guess that was last weekend about that. You, you were, you, you want to see cannons live. Yeah. I know yeah, you I, might, I do. you might not, but um, there's some intrigue there. And uh, I guess, you know, especially with them winning last week and, uh, you know, we, we were curious as to how they were going to do against Redwoods and given that Redwoods needed a response. And now it's kind of like Redwoods are going opposite direction. And now all of a sudden cannons are like a sneaky, sneaky, intriguing team that's getting hot at the right time. Um, and with that said, I think that water dogs need a response. I mean, I, I get that they're sitting in second place. They just lost to now the best team in the league standing wise. And I would say overall top to bottom roster wise, I water dogs have just been so inconsistent this year and that they've been able to, to get wins where they have, but it's like, they've blown leads. They've had to play insane comeback. And once again, I just ask for a complete game. <laughs> just play a complete game. I think the winner of this game cements themselves as a title favorite. If Water Dogs can come back off a high-flying but crushing loss to lose by one in such a fantastic game, if they can come back and right the ship and win this one, then I will feel comfortable saying that they have a very good chance of repeating as champions. If Cannons win this game, because last week, Cannons, they, they played a show-me game, and they showed me. They they did really well. They beat up on Redwoods 16-10. to 10. However, again, like I said, Redwoods kind of trending in the wrong direction. So that was a show-me game to say that, you know, Cannons are a legit, competent team that isn't just kind of like the top of the bottom tier, if that makes sense. But now it's, if you win this game, I could legitimately see you winning the title. So I think this game has that sort of implications on it. And I think for that reason, it is, without a doubt, the best game of the weekend. Well, so do you think that Marcus Holman being at home will, have, will be enough to push him over? Oh, absolutely. I don't even know what his point total is, but I would hammer it, whatever it is. Oh, I said him. Push them over. Oh, push them over. Um, 
see that that's tough because like you said water dogs have been inconsistent and they also do seem to be pretty good at bouncing back from losses so if, and Dil again, if dylan ward is back i'm going to take the water dogs if dylan ward is still on paternity leave and it's matt deluca who still played a very good game against archers again he's just not dylan ward uh then i would take cannons uh just because i think that cannons have become a balanced enough team across all aspects of the game that you know i i think that just having your backup goalie despite being a really freakishly good goalie uh i i think that would be enough to kind of push cannons over so my pick on the money line would depend entirely on whether dylan ward is playing or not so you said that you didn't see any point totals posted uh not on fanduel at least not when i pulled it up really i'm looking at them right now really oh huh well i guess it just didn't load the first time marcus holman is set at four and a half hammer it don't don't even care that four and a half is a lot hammer it nolting is set at four and a half as well and his over is plus money i also like that one uh actually i would i would take the nolting one more just because you get more juice out of it so there's more value uh i do think mccardle who was a little bit quiet last week he I missed his over based on the hook. Um, I would take his three and a half and Sours. Yeah, I would take the Sour. I, honestly, every single player that's listed, except for maybe Ryan Drenner, uh, whom I love, but just doesn't seem to, he seems to affect the game in ways that isn't always going to like get him points. Everybody else, I would take their over. I would take uh, over four and a half for Holman. I would take over four and a half for uh, Nolting. Uh, you know, maybe not Matt Campbell because he's still a rookie and he could, but I, I just, I haven't seen it enough to know for sure. But give me the McCardle over three and a half. Give me the Sours over three and a half and give me the Courier over one and a half. I, th I think the over one and a half for Courier is actually kind of disrespectful. It, if well, it was if it was two and a half, I would feel like it was good. I mean, and he's got pretty good plus money on a on an under one and a half too. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, but with that said, it's set at twenty five and a half. The line. I take the over. That that is, you know, again, if Dylan Ward's back, that could be enough to keep it uh, under. But I don't think. Whichever curse brother, because there's a million of them, is in the cage for uh, cannons. Because they also all their names start with C, so I can't keep track of which is which. I think it's Colin, um, but I think he's a very good goalie. I'm not sure if he's quite elite just yet. Uh, I think he's a step above like a Deluca, uh, which is why he's starting. And a guy like Gittleman, who's a proven vet in the league, isn't. Uh, but I think again. I'm a lot more comfortable with it with Ward in the cage or with without Ward in the cage. But if he's in there, I would still take it just because I think this game is going to be full of points. Well, overall, looking at Saturday and if you end up going Sunday as well, what are you looking forward to the most? Well, either a so you get one answer. So that might be a specific player, a specific matchup, a specific strategy the face-off whole situation i think i'm most looking forward to see what happens with these two teams that are the top 
number two and three team in the league, but neither of them are going to dress a face-off guy because this is either going to be a stunning indictment on the uh, shot clock rules or depending on what happens, if if these teams are consistently scoring on the 32 – then they're going to look at this and go, okay, cool. This is great. Like we don't, we like what we did had the effect it wanted, which is essentially to neutralize the face off. So that that's really what I'm hoping for, or at least that's what I'm looking forward to watching. And I'm hoping that the teams actually do a really bad job of scoring on the 32 second. All right. Fair. What are you looking forward to? I feel like I've got, I've got a lot to soak in. Well, I and I just as a whole, I'm looking forward to going to Homewood. I've never, I mean, I've driven past it. Um, I will say, I kind of wish that we had a night game. That would be fun. Homewood on, under the lights is a good time. I yeah, I feel like that is something that I I, I wish it was like a five o'clock and a seven thirty or an eight o'clock or whatever instead of the we get a three and what what is a five or five thirty. Um, yeah. So, which is nice, you know, makes for an early-ish night, which will be cool. But, like, I don't know. Um, just looking forward to, to being at Homewood and seeing. I, I, I'm curious to see what the overall player interaction is with the fans. Like, I know that that's something that they've really tried to, to, to beef up um, and kind of pride themselves on compared to other leagues. And, um, you know, I, I honestly don't even know where our seats are. Um <laughs> You did all of that work, so I don't know. Is it like general admission or? So we have assigned seats, but you'll notice when we're at Homewood, it's kind of sit where you can find a spot for your group to sit. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, and with that said, I, I'm being a Baltimore born and raised boy. I look forward to seeing what the vibe is like. I mean, this is, you know, college lacrosse is kind of put on this this pinnacle um, and, and is always been looked up to. But obviously, PLL, I mean, MLL was never really talked about. Like, I feel like it was on TV and you knew about the teams, but like. They did a horrendous job of promoting it. Yeah. I mean, and so as for PLL, I'm looking forward to just seeing what the overall environment is to see what the reception is. I hope that there are a lot of, I mean, I hope it's a good turnout, right? It should be a packed house. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. It'll absolutely be packed. Um. Looking forward to like, you know, maybe we get to meet some players. I don't know if that's at all a possibility. Seeing what the overall like fan interaction is. Um, yeah, you know, like all the things that you don't see on TV. Looking forward to, to just the overall experience. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going as a blank slate to this. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I could, keep, I could keep going too. I want to see goals. I want to see some hits. I want to like to see some good saves. I'm, you know, I, I feel like I've got a little bit of the NBA courtside moment coming up here where it's like, I've never sat courtside, but like, I've heard it's just like a transformative experience because you're just like with these Goliath humans. And so I'm looking forward to seeing lacrosse played at this speed, uh, this intensity with grown men opposed to college boys. <laughs> it It's the tricky thing that you're going to realize is that you, you don't have a quick replay and you're going to want some replays to be like, wait, what just happened? Oh, I'm sure. It's like going to a hockey game and even that the, the replays are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's part of the experience. Oh, for sure. Well, on that note, we are going to get out of here. Thank you again to everybody who listens and keeps up with us. We appreciate you guys and we will see you next time. <laughs>